June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customize paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. If you're constantly on the hunt for a good deal, then you need Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, and more. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cash back really adds up. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London, you just never know. This week we come to you from Richmond, Virginia, and in particular, a rather interesting hotel called, how appropriate for a name, the Quirk Hotel. Little known fact, Edgar Allan Poe in Richmond. We're going to have to figure that out because joining me now, the curator of the Edgar Allan Poe Museum right here in Richmond is Chris Sempner. Chris, what was his connection to, to Richmond? Richmond is Poe's hometown. This is where he grew up. He spent more of his life here than any other city. He was first married here. He began his career in journalism here, and then he came back at the end of his life. So, because you see, I didn't know that. I, I, I kept on re- reading stories about him when he did like the Telltale Heart and all that crazy stuff. That wasn't done here, was it? No, that was done in Philadelphia. He spent about six years in Philadelphia, about three in Manhattan, about three in the Bronx, and roughly three to four in Baltimore. But this was home. Yeah, this was home. He always referred to himself as a Virginian and as a Southern writer. And he began at the Southern Literary Messenger. But when did he get to the dark side? 
he actually printed his first horror story in the Southern Literary Messenger. It was a tale about a man who so loved his wife's teeth that after she died, he dug her up and he plucked out all her teeth. Only later realized oh, he been buried alive the whole time. <laughs> it got some angry letters. Yeah, well, no kidding. Today, it would have gone viral. Oh, yeah. Well, he told his boss, don't fire me. Trust me, this is what's going to sell. The more you annoy and offend and upset people, the more they're going to buy the magazine. So if I come to the museum, am I going to get annoyed? You might get offended, upset. You might be thrilled and chilled. Who knows? We even have a brick wall. We've broken out of sections. You can get bricked up alive behind it, if you like. I have a list of people I'd like to suggest for you on that. Oh, and if you can get a coffin, you can get your picture taken inside the coffin. So it's an interactive museum. Oh, yeah. And there's cryptograms and codes you can solve. And then there's also the world's largest collection of Poe artifacts, memorabilia, everything from his socks, in case you ever wondered what his socks look like. There you can see him. We even have a piece of his hair. Wasn't at the top of my list. That one wasn't. I'm sorry. Oh. You guys are really out of control with this, aren't you? Oh, it's Poe Central. Yeah, no kidding. So we have a monthly unhappy hour. <laughs> we can't have a happy hour at the Poe Museum. No, you're, you're probably right. Actually, you could do every four weeks, you could do like the un, unhappiest hour. You could even go beyond that. Yeah, we give that a try. All right, what's the biggest surprise for people who come to this museum? What's the, the, the biggest surprise they're going to see? Well, that always makes them go, you're kidding me. The Enchanted Garden. It's a beautiful garden, landscaped after Poe's poetry, and Poe considered himself a poet, and it was based on the lines of his poem, To One in Paradise. Do you know it? Thou wast to me, love, all for which my soul did pine, a green isle in the sea, love, a fountain and a shrine, all wreath and fairy fruits and flowers, and all the flowers are mine. And that's what they built. That's what they constructed. So people go there. They expect to see doom and gloom, and they see a pretty garden full of flowers and singing birds and black cats that just run and rub up against your legs. Well, you're a cat lover. Oh, yeah. You have how many cats? Five. How many of them are black? None of them are black. <laughs> but you got five cats. Oh, yeah. Any, any actual cats at the museum? Yeah, two. Edgar and Pluto. And they're both black cats. Oh, Edgar I got. What's Pluto? Pluto is the name of the black cat from Poe's story, The Black Cat. And they were just alley cats we found in the alley behind the Poe Museum. So they just came to live with us, and we got them all their, sh their shots and took care of them, took them to the vet. And now they live there. Amazing. Now, do you have readings every month? We have different activities from coffin building workshops to premature burial Stop. Wait, wait, wait. Stop. A coffin building workshop? Oh, yeah. We'll come and teach you the ways to make a coffin the 19th century way. And is there a big calling for that? People use them as bookshelves or just to decorate their homes. <laughs> With What do they put in there? Or shouldn't I ask? Well, you can put a salad bar in there if you like. <laughs> oh, my God. We use a little one for our bar sometimes at the unhappy hours. Well, the unhappy hours at the, at, at the museum, I understand. But people actually come and take a coffin building workshop there? Yeah, we've had a few of those. And sometimes we'll raffle off coffins. Wow. I, I, you know, I do a, a spot on CBS News at least once a year on unusual things you can make when you're on vacation. That one's pretty close to taking the cake. Mm. Build your own coffin. I'm, I'm going to have to talk to you about that one. All right. All right. Now, is there an admission? Yeah, it's $6 for adults. And $12 to get out? No. You sure? We let you get out if you can find your way. If you can find your way. <laughs> I love this. And you're open how many days a week? Every day but Monday. What happened? I, I, you know what? I, I, I dare ask what happened on Monday. Hello? Uh, this is your captain speaking. 
There is absolutely no cause for alarm. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. Richmond, we're at the Cork Hotel. Uh, you know, there's been a food revolution in this country for the last 15 years. It's almost getting out of control because everybody claims they're farm to table. Everybody claims they're, you know, farm to farm to table. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, especially when you understand about the process of food. Most people don't. You ask kids where food comes from, they tell you the store. I have a problem with that. My next guest, I think, has a problem with that, too. She runs Real Richmond Food Tours. Her name is Maureen Egan. Hey, Maureen. Hey, Peter. Nice w to be here. Where are you going to take me? Well, I would love to walk with you outside of Cork Hotel. We usually start our Both Sides Abroad tour in Cork Gallery, and we walk a mile and a half, and we eat, and we look at murals, and we pop into galleries. Well, what's interesting about Richmond is you have more murals. Yes, we you do. You have more murals on more <laughs> walls than any other city I know, right? It's Well, there's been a, a two major uh, players in that. We've got the G40 who comes down pretty much every summer. Their plan is to put 100 murals up on the walls, and they're almost there. And they're doing it. Yeah, it's I beautiful. Know. And it's international artists, national and Richmond artists as well. There are a number of cities, and you and I could probably sit here and name lots of them, where they have early evening times and certain days of the week where you do gallery walks. And, sure. Right? But you've combined that actually with decent food. Absolutely. Um, well, the food tours, yeah, we, we always, whatever neighborhood we're in, we're showing off the strengths. And certainly this neighborhood, the strengths are, are the, uh, the art scene and, of course, the food scene. We've got pioneers right across the street at Comfort, uh, Jason Alley. He started um, really revolutionizing this area with food. But, you know, very few cities these days, and I, it's a pet peeve of mine, allow you to really walk. Ah. You know, this is a city where you can. It absolutely is walkable. Um, we, we love walking. You see so much. You see the architecture. Richmond has, um, has so many reclaimed. We have, we're big with adaptive reuse. So you've got just across the street from the hotel, you have a, a dairy building that's now apartments. You've got a, right. a gallery that's a police uh, fire museum um, over and over again. Well, you don't have to dig too deep to find the Civil War here. No, you don't. Um, and, and, and the Civil War architecture. Absolutely. No, we have, now there, there was the, the burnt district. A lot of Richmond burned um, when the uh, Confederates were evacuating. But um, that was from the river to Main Street and from 7th to 15th. But certainly much remains, including the Capitol, which is a beautiful building that everyone should visit. You know what? Most people don't visit their own capitals. I find that to be true. You know, and uh, Madison, Wisconsin, Austin, Texas. I mean, these are very cool buildings. Well, this capital was uh, designed, of course, Jefferson got the idea when he was in France. He wanted uh, a temple of you democracy. Know what? When you take a look at the history of the United States, everybody got the idea when they were in France. <laughs> you know, we, we, did, we did a story earlier this year on CBS called April in Paris, mm -hmm. and it's not what you think. It's every place you could go in the month of April in the United States that's named Paris. Oh, there you go. And they're everywhere. They're all like honoring Lafayette, yeah. right? There's, there's the Paris, Virginia, too. Right? Uh, we, Absolutely. We, we did it, yeah. of course. Yeah. So when I go on the food tour with you guys, mm -hmm. I mean, what's the most surprising thing in terms of the type of food I'm going to have? Because people say, oh, it's just barbecue, and it's no. No, 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 no. We have some say that, great say, we, that again, say that again. No. no. Okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, I love my barbecue, believe me. And we have some great barbecue in Richmond, but we've uh, gone way beyond that. Um, we have over at Saison, people are going nuts um, for the chicken biscuits, but they, uh, 
they got some nice tequila as well there. That's we, an interesting pairing. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Let's have some of that chicken biscuits with the tequila. I, I, they make it work at Saison. At uh, we well, have enough tequila, it all works. That's know. right. Yeah. We have up on Church Hill, there's a, a real um, a renaissance in bakeries. We've, I, we kiddingly call uh, Richmond the capital of the confectionery now, um, <laughs> and I have the T-shirt to prove it. But we've got a, a bakery there who it's uh, Evram and Avine Dogu, these uh, brother and sister, they are the only mill now in Richmond. Richmond used to be a big milling town um, in the 19th century. So they're doing everything from scratch. They are doing everything from scratch, absolutely. And it's wow. wood-fired bakery, and they get tons of attention, um, national Okay, press. i got to ask the question. Yeah. Lard? <laughs> there's going to be lard. I knew it. There's I knew it. There's going to be lard. Okay. Um, but there's going to be a lot of butter as well. Um, if you go to WPA Bakery, also in Churchill, um, he, David Rohr there, the uh, baker there and owner, He's, um, his specialty is gluten-free and vegan. They do, um, but you never know it. It's fantastic. Can I ask a stupid question? Yeah. Where was the word gluten in our vocabulary five years ago? <laughs> I've always wanted, I, I want to start a new restaurant. Maybe you'll put it on the tour. Gluten? No, no, gluten for punishment. That's what I want to call <laughs> okay. it. Gluten for punishment. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like, I'd go. Everybody's like, it's like the new thing. People don't even have a problem with gluten-free. <laughs> well, I tell you, David is a master, and, uh, and he's, um, WPA is certainly worth a visit uh, when you're up on Churchill. How long does your tour take? Two and a half hours. And we walk for about a mile and a half and stop into Well, you got to walk hours. it off. Absolutely. And, yeah, but you don't really. Um, if you're counting calories, this is not the thing to do. If you are sitting next to a small child or someone who is acting like a small child, please do us all a favor and put on your mask first. show we were talking to Maureen Egan who does all these great Richmond food tours and who better to talk about that in addition to that than my next guest she writes for the Richmond Times Dispatch as well as Richmond.com uh, Carrie Pfeiffer how are you Carrie I'm good how are you so the restaurant scene here is booming it is it's insane I mean it didn't used to be that way it didn't I mean I've been covering this scene here for about 11 years and when I started it was sort of you know a cheesecake factory opened and everyone was like oh my god a cheesecake no, factory. No, no, 11 years ago let me help you out you know what it was here deep fried was actually deep fried and that, and that there was no sauteed no saute. Well, there was some saute. There, okay, occasional saute. Correct. Somebody got crazy and did something, yeah. But now it's not just chain restaurants anymore. Oh, no, it's, it's independent restaurants on every other corner. It's, you know, we get multiple, our chefs get multiple James Beard Foundation nominations every year. It's just, it's insane. But, but can, can, well, think about globalization for a second, right? The best Chinese food I ever had was in Amman, Jordan. The best Italian food I ever had was in Lucerne, Switzerland. What's the coolest ethnic food here in Richmond? Well, I mean, you brought up Chinese food. Some of the best Chinese food you're going to have in the world is now right here in Richmond, actually in the suburbs. Uh, Peter Chang, who is one of the most sought-after Chinese chefs, uh, he cooks uh, Sichuan food in all, of the, in all of the world, opened his first sort of long-standing standalone restaurant in Short Pump, which is a suburb about 20 minutes outside of Richmond. Called? Peter Chang China Cafe. But the Richmond suburb is called? Oh, Short Pump. How did it get a name like Short Pump? It had a pump. 
That's I, I got the I got the <laughs> right. point there. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that's Chinese. What are the surprises for us? Uh, we have incredible Indian food here. Uh, Leja, also in Short Pump, in the restaurant called Curry Craft. I'm going to Short Pump. You need, well, it's I know it's I don't know it's it's sad that those two came to came to mind because Short Pump is definitely a suburb. Um, we have incredible Indian food here, though. We have an um, incredible uh, Vietnamese community. Great Vietnamese food, um, Salzorian food uh, is popping up all over. Uh, okay, stop right there. Okay, we're <laughs> making you hungry. Indian? No, no, no. I, making me question. Mm. Indian food I get, Vietnamese food I get, Thai, Chinese I get. Now you said Salvadorian. What distinguishes Salvador? What is what is on a Salvadorian menu? I mean, it's 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 you know it's it's pretty you know typical Latin a Latin menu as most people understand it. They'll just kind of be a little kind of some more surprising uh, meat options is generally what you'll find there. I mean, you know, tortillas and uh, you know, kind of a, a, a taco esque item, but um, uh, pig. Uh, that's you know maybe maybe pig head is the is is the meat. Pig head. Um, right. Uh, okay. Beef tongue. Beef tongue tacos. Are Let me big. write this down. Okay. Beef tongue tacos. Yes. Pig head. The, 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 where does the line start? <laughs> it, dude, there's there's no line. That's kind of the fun of it, and that's kind of the fun of I mean, in in, in, in any food in, in general, yeah. in the food scene in in Richmond overall here is that you know chefs are creative and they like to play with different ingredients. Okay, I have to ask the obvious question: barbecue. Yes, we have we have we have good barbecue here. I mean, we're not you know you're not a barbecue capital. We're not a barbecue capital by any means. You can find stellar barbecue here, but you would find so much other great food that why bother? All right. Well, you've been doing this column for a while. You've been doing this beat for a while. What's the most surprising type of food, or if you want to even be more specific, restaurant in all of Richmond? Well, I guess the surprising, it's not necessarily a type of food. I think the most surprising might be uh, La Possum restaurant, which is a... What's it called? La Possum. The Possum? La, La Possum. Oh, of course. Excuse it me. Is, French Possum, it is, of course. It, well, it is French-inspired Southern food, um, and it's just... Qu'est-ce que c'est? Deep fried. Well, occasionally, um, but you'll find escargot <laughs> served on a ham biscuit. Keep going. Um, you'll find uh, pimento cheese served alongside perhaps uh, caviar, maybe, or just some little surprising, uh, surprising little ingredient. So it's got a sense of humor to it, too. Oh, it is an incredible sense of humor to it. Uh, the uh, chef has decorated the restaurant in his sort of favorite... Uh, wallpaper, Star Wars plates, unicorn pillows. So he did acid in the 70s? He, well, I mean, who didn't? <laughs> okay, so that's called La Possum. La Possum. Of correct. course. Here we are at the Quirk. Appropriately named, isn't it? It is. Because there's a gallery by the same name. There is, indeed. And owned, owned by the same people. But it's all part of the scene here in Richmond, isn't it? It really is. I mean, Quirk opened in this sort of, you know, the part of downtown. It's just in kind of the central downtown proper. Um, but, but, but the downtown proper for a long time in Richmond was sort of ignored, and then it just, it just came back. Correct. It's coming back. With, with a with, vengeance. With a vengeance. Yeah. Yeah, they're incredible restaurants. You know, across the street is Comfort, which is a one of the kind of pioneers in this neighborhood. It's just... Well, they mentioned, they mentioned, you mentioned the word comfort, and I'm immediately thinking macaroni and cheese. There's macaroni and cheese on the menu. Yes. yes. And if it's four cheese macaroni and cheese, I'm going to end the show right now and leave you. Oh, no. Well, you'll you have to pick me up some when you get over there. <laughs> All right. But you have, I mean, you can walk maybe 15 feet, and there's another restaurant or another gallery. Right. In, in, in any direction. I mean, this is the arts district with lots of restaurants around it, um, and the art scene and the, and the restaurant scene are both very big in Richmond. Wow. What's changed that you're not happy with? Um, hmm, that's kind of a hard question. I would say the thing that's changed that I'm not necessarily happy with is that our restaurant scene is growing a little faster than our population is. 
So it's, you know, you'll reach a point of diminishing returns. Exactly. Hello and welcome to Alaska Flight 438. We'd like to tell you now about some important safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have aboard this plane is the flight attendants. Please look at one now. with a great name, the Valentine. Absolutely. And his name is Bill Martin. How are you, sir? Good. Give me the history of the Valentine. Uh, the Valentine is an interesting institution created after the Civil War by a family whose kids went to Europe during the war. Come, they come back to Richmond. They go, we, you know, we've been to all these great cities in Europe, and every city has a great museum. Richmond doesn't. Let's do that. And they, created, they began to create a city museum for the city. And the name of the museum? Is the Valentine. Named after the Valentine family. There you go. Nothing to do with February 14th. I just, want to, I just want to make sure we're, we're clear about it. It's that. always a problem. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure, especially on February 14th. Well, we celebrate anyway. <laughs> what do you do on February 14th at the Valentine Museum? We make hearts. You know, we do all the stuff you do. A little champagne, a little love in the garden. Who knows? Now, but this is, you know, look, Virginia is a place where, where, you know, Pocahontas lived. I mean, we're talking a lot of history here. What's going to be seen in that museum? Uh, it's really the history of the city of Richmond. So yeah. it's everything that you can imagine. It's 1.6 million objects related to the city. In and, one building. In one building. And a couple of storerooms. And a couple of storerooms. Yeah, of course. A great photography collection, one of the largest costume and textile collections in the country. Sort of equivalent in many ways to the Costume Institute of the Met, uh, except that we focus on the everyday. So you're more, just as likely to find Arthur Ashe's tennis shoes as you are Robert E. Lee's boots. Wow. Now, that would have been a match I'd like to see. <laughs> well, actually, it's, we're, we're doing that. We've got an exhibition that we're doing uh, in the spring uh, that's looking at what is the Virginia man, and we will actually have those two objects together because we think that putting those kinds of odd juxtapositions together is really what Richmond is. I think when you think of Richmond, you normally think Civil War. People do. That's right. They do. And, in fact, uh, we think that we need to push both back and forward well, there are lots of institutions, great institutions in the city that do the Civil War. So what else is there to tell? And, I'll, I think and there's a lot to tell. There's a lot to tell. And I think that there are really two periods in American history when we weren't sure we were going to make it as a country, certainly the Civil War. But I think there's a period that Richmond actually is the center of another conversation about are we going to survive. That sort of 1790 to 1820 early national period. You know, getting a new constitution... Uh, we're trying to decide what the role of the Supreme Court is. So you've got John Marshall from Richmond, Virginia, basically determining in many ways how the Supreme Court functions. Really an important thing. We've got Thomas Jefferson, um, and Virginia becomes uh, really the, the statute for religious freedom. Hey, Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry doing liberty or death. That's a little earlier. Than I know that. But, but I think, it's, but I think this, this really wonderful moment when we say in Virginia that everyone has the the basic right to practice of faith and religion. And it's the first time, uh, really, and so it becomes the model for the Bill of Rights, become ultimately in the uh, UN ch Charter. Uh, but that's, a, that's something that happens in Virginia. And so we've got these interesting contrasts here. Uh, and then you also have the architecture here. And you have amazing architecture. This building, this particular building's got great architecture. Uh, there is 
there is great architecture all over the city, from, from early colonial buildings uh, through the federal era with Robert Mills buildings, the Jefferson designed capital. I mean, the Quirk is one of the newer buildings, right? 1916. Yeah, exactly. Built as a luxury department store, uh, same architect that designed uh, 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 the... Yes, go ahead. Um, it's okay, don't worry about it. There'll, there'll be no points deducted from your score. And you... No assistance will be allowed to be given to you, by the way, during this interview. Okay. Well, the, uh, lots of... Lots Come on, of keep going. Wait, it's awful. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> you see what happens when you let certain people in the room? Right. I know, it's terrible. They're problems. I know, there's nothing but problems. Uh, but when you walk down the street here, right, you're, you're walking by not just a building from 1916 like the Quirk, but the next door building could be from 1807. Absolutely. And you can go oh, 19th century, 18th century, it's all here. So you've got this broad range, but you've also got amazing 20th century architecture. So you can do anything, and 21st century architecture. You look at the addition, the recent addition to the VMFA and the new ICA that's going up, uh, that will be opening. ICA stands for? Institute of Contemporary Art. Thank you very much. We're talking to Bill Martin, the director of the Valentine Museum. Bill, here's my question for you. you got 1.6 million objects, you say. Uh-huh. What's the most surprising one that people are just going to go, you can't be serious? What's the one that wows them? The, the one that wows them? Yeah. Uh, people absolutely, we talked earlier about the Robert E. Lee's boots. I think Robert E. Lee's boots are something that people just kind of go, really? Do you have that? George Washington's cane. But we also have uh, Doug Wilder, Governor Wilder's inaugural suit, uh, as the first African-American governor in the country. If I remember correctly, is it powder blue? The, 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 the suit. The, the suit. suit, suit's black. Oh, really? Because I remember him wearing all these powder blue suits. He does. He, they were these awful denim. Yeah. Yeah, denim leisure suits. <laughs> I, that was his signature suit. It right, was. exactly. Denim leisure with, with cowboy boots. You, now, do you have that in the museum? We have a leisure suit, and we are getting a pair. <laughs> yeah, okay, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can't be without the leisure suit. Right. All right, what about musicians? Do you have any musicians uh, basically shown in that, in that museum? Not a lot. Actually, really? I wish we had more musicians. We have lots of musical instruments in the museum. Uh, what's amazing today is this amazing music scene that's going on. And in Richmond, we're actually doing uh, an exhibition next year that will look at, at punk music and the sort of amazing punk music scene that existed in Richmond in the 80s and 90s uh, with one of our costume exhibitions. Now, given all the murals on the walls here, has your museum been tagged yet? We have not been tagged. We actually well, encourage all over town, but I, mean, I think we're not tagged and, uh, yet. Although we have to, a wall that we are, that's right just here. waiting for that the permanent, with the executive perfect chef David moment. Dunham. How are you, man? I'm doing oh, well. Now, you now I mean, looking at your bio, me. anybody who's hanging out at the El Encanto and doing stuff at the Four Seasons Biltmore in Santa Barbara, you already had a great experience doing food. I did. It was wonderful. I mean, and sourcing the food out there was great. I mean, the the farmers just came to you. You didn't really have to source anything. And here in Richmond? Uh, similar. It's changed. Yeah. You, you can get anything you want now. Um, I would actually put Virginia produce up against California produce any day. 12 months a year? No. I had to ask. I we have to. a lot of good root veg okay. you know, 12 months a year. So I always ask this question, so let's talk about this. You bring a certain style to this, to this restaurant. You bring a certain style to this hotel mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, of what you brought with you when you were at, in Santa Barbara. What did you bring from Santa Barbara, and what did you then inherit here? Um, love of local produce, um, in Santa Barbara, we, you know, it was anything, anytime here. It's, uh, you got you spoiled be, there. You yeah. got spoiled there. Yeah. You got to preserve a little bit more here. Okay. So what are you preserving? Um, right now, figs, uh, strawberries, uh, lemons, oranges. Are you doing your own jams? Um, we do some of our own jams. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
What about the fish? Are you smoking anything? Um, I do uh, cured salmon, actually. Uh, from, like a gravlax? It, it is, yeah. It really? With, uh, cure with, cure the, with local beets. With the honey mustard sauce, maybe? <laughs> no. No? Okay, I'm not no. talking to you. Okay. No. <laughs> but you're doing it right in-house, which is great. Yeah. All right, now I always ask this question, so I have to ask you. Uh, the hotel is relatively new, relatively new, under three months old. So, <laughs> so it's a good idea to, to start with this question. What did you put on the menu when you first came in thinking, wow, this is going to be great, and it tanked? And then what did you put on the menu thinking, who's going to ever order this? And everybody ordered it. I can't say anything tanked. Um, What's no no longer on the menu? I've kind of kept the the menu pretty consistent so far. All right. So Um, so from what is on the menu, what is your biggest surprise seller? Oxtail egg rolls. Say that once more time. Oxtail egg rolls. Wow. How'd you come up with that one? Um, Just looking for a different way to utilize that product because... You know, I love braised dishes, and um, everybody loves something fried. So, okay, um, explain how you how you make that dish. So I braise the uh, the oxtail in uh, mushroom stock, and then shred it, roll it in something called fouille de brick, which is similar to filo dough. Okay, and uh, with uh, sautéed shiitake mushrooms, and then I take uh, shiitake mushrooms, pickle them, uh, more of an Asian style pickle. Gotcha. And uh, which is slightly sweet and then um make a uh reduce the stock from from the braised oxtail and how long and does that take it takes about a total of three days three days mm-hmm. wow finished product uh, so they better like it hmm? <laughs> <laughs> i hope so and you do that because you just have to to marinate that long or, or braise it that long um well from beginning to end so i, I braise it overnight um and then uh you got to shred it and then let let it cool, and then you roll it. All right. And what do you pair that with? Um, as far as wine? Yeah. Um, I would go something, you know, Pinot Noir, Central Coast, California. Uh, uh-huh. There we go. Okay. Not a, not a cab? No. Too heavy? Uh, no, a cab, a cab would pair. It could do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And where do you want to take the level of cuisine here? Because you've, you've been given a laboratory here, haven't you? you, you I've been given a uh, full license to do kind of what, what I want. All right. So now that you've been given the, the, uh, the keys to the, uh, to the factory, what's next on your list? What's the next thing you're going to put on the menu that's, gonna, that's really cutting edge? Right. We'll, we'll go uh, start out with a, a seven-course tasting menu and then, and then move up to a ten-course tasting menu as, as, as long as the market will bear it. A ten-course tasting menu? That's right. Well, it'll, you know, you 13 to 15 with embellishments, but printed... Ten courses. We're talking small plates, I hope. Yeah, tiny plates. Yeah, be nice to me. Okay. <laughs> be kind. But in terms of an individual dish, like the oxtail, what, mm-hmm. what are you going to work on next? Um, venison's coming into season. So we'll probably do some sort of venison carpaccio. Now, now you never did venison in Santa Barbara. Um, not that I can remember. No, I don't now. think that. No, uh-huh. different, different tastes. Yeah. All right, so, so now you're doing a venison carpaccio. Wow. And you have to, that's cured meat. Correct. And how long does that take? Um, about two days. So you cut down a day. Yeah. You're styling now. Right. All right. <laughs> and what else is coming into season? Squash, um, root vegetables. Um, you know, Virginia has, has wonderful squashes here. So um, we're, we utilize uh, red curry squash and poti maron, which is a French squash, and uh, Long Island uh, cheese squash. And Not Long Island. I know. I, How'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> How'd they get in? <laughs> 
Hey, David Dunlap, nice to meet you, man. You as well. Thank you. And the name of the restaurant here at the hotel is Maple and Pine. That's right. Wow, very cool. I like that. Oxtail with, with what kind of phyllo dough? It's called fouille de brick. <laughs> brick. It sounds like a weapon. I love it. It probably is. It? it is. Hey, that it music is. means you're out of time for the entire show. Lots of people to thank. Of course, Jeff Ryder doing the boards for us in Connecticut. Dara Stone, our chief producer. Alicia Yang doing the boards right here with us as a producer. Kelsey Sharp. Tim Hill doing the engineering here. And Kate Brown. Thank you, everybody, from the hotel. In fact, the Cork Hotel here in Richmond, Virginia. And we'll see you next week, everybody, from another remote location somewhere around the world. I'll be the guy with the oxtail fouille de brick around my head. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Visit our website at www.petergreenberg.com. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital edition, wherever you get your books. So you're always on the go. Now you can take the CBS Mornings with you and we want to go. Wake up to your daily dose of news and interviews on the CBS Mornings On The Go podcast. Listen to CBS Mornings On The Go ad-free on Wondery+. Plus.